Hi, folks. Steve Urban here, founder and CEO at RiderFlex. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. And as a reminder, please subscribe to the RiderFlex show for updates on new episodes. And by the way, if you haven't already, check out the book we recently launched, The RiderFlex Guide, Inspiring and Hiring, available for purchase on Amazon. And now, a quick word from our sponsor. Try the number one marketing platform for small business. Everything you need from design to marketing to CRM. Learn more at marketing360.com. Marketing 360. Fuel your brand. Oh, Chris and Joe Clausen and Corey Rosenberg on the RiderFlex podcast from first person. First person. I want to get into how you got that name, by the way. I'm just curious. By the way, for the listeners, it's getfirstperson.com for the product. We'll mention that URL a few times as we move along here. Anyway, how you doing, gentlemen? Great. Doing great. great. Thank you. Where is everybody today? Corey, let's see. Where are you at? Los Angeles, uh, specifically Glendale. Okay, Glendale. And uh, Chris and Joe, I know, I think one of you, somebody's in Colorado, I think. Yeah, I'm in Colorado Springs. All right. I'm going to go vote as soon as I step out of here. Okay. (laughs) I am in Oklahoma. You are? Okay, well, I saw both of you guys went to Oklahoma State, so I wanted, yeah, definitely, I don't know if you checked my LinkedIn profile, but I uh, grew up in Oklahoma and went to uh, the University of Science and Arts of Oklahoma down in Chickasha, Oklahoma, southwest of Norman. Oh, so I, yeah. I definitely saw that you guys went to Oklahoma State, both of uh-huh. you. Uh, is that Was that because a family member went there? Did, did, did mom or dad go there? How, how'd that happen? It was a really good party school back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> As much as Oklahoma folks can party, which is which is <laughs> conservative compared to some states, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Was there was there a link to it, or did you guys get get uh, a scholarship there, play sports there? I'm just curious how that happened, or did you grow up in Oklahoma? We grew up in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah. What t- we're out? We're we're about just outside of Oklahoma City, Yukon, um, suburb okay. of Oklahoma City. Wow, I didn't know this was going to be a reunion of Oklahoma boys on this. <laughs> a bunch of Okies. Uh, where did you grow up? In Chickasha. I went to high school and college there. Um, cool. You know, it was one of those, you know, one of those little colleges you think, I'm going to go here for a year or two and then I'll transfer to OU. But uh, speaking of partying and having fun, I mean, I was just, I just, I was entrenched. <laughs> I loved every minute of it. <laughs> That's right. uh, I, I never did any mushrooms though, back then. Uh, did everything else, I think. But uh <laughs> And do any mushrooms, but uh, um. So you guys grew up in Oklahoma, yeah. Let's let's continue down that track. So your parents are they still there? Are they still with us? Give give us a give me the uh, the quick family story if you don't mind. Um. Okay. Well, quick family story. Yeah, with the extended family all come from Southwest Kansas, but parents moved to Oklahoma for job, and and that's where we were, uh, you know, born and raised there, uh, right around Oklahoma City. Um, mom lives in Colorado now and dad passed away a couple of years ago from, uh, Alzheimer's disease, mm, which is, which ties into the whole business, obviously, uh, yeah, it's part of the reason that we're here and, and, and why brain health is, uh, is our mission. Gotcha. Are you the only siblings? Just you two? No, no, we We've have got two other brothers. Yeah. Are they involved in the business? They are not. They got their own stuff going on. One lives in Switzerland. The other lives in Vermont. Okay. All right. Very good. Were you two like super close out of the four, or you get where you guys? 
Was it? Were you, was I've, I've been living bond? in Australia for almost twenty years, so um, I kind of flew the coop um, and and went off and uh, lived on the other side of the planet for a while. Um, but we've um, kind of circled back uh, later on in our careers um, around this purpose. Um, you know, you know, I have um, so this this brought me back to to working in the states again and, and being back over here and. and um, it's part of part of our, our our mission, you know. Is it was the brain health mission, which brought us over here in the first place. Um, and then COVID kind of happened, and then uh, we started looking into how functional mushrooms and psychedelic mushrooms change people's lives and how how powerful these things are. And and that was kind of the starting point where we said we it was during that time where Corey and Chris and I all met electronically and decided that we were going to do this and form this team and start this company. Um, it was and, and that brought me back over here. Um, and so here I am back in Colorado. <laughs> that's how I see. Okay. That's how, why you came back to the States. Okay. Very good. Um, how'd you meet Corey? How'd you guys meet Corey? Through a mutual friend. Uh, okay. All right. All right. And Corey, tell us, uh, so these guys are brothers, uh, and they have the, the, you know, what happened with their dad kind of got them down that path. How did you get involved? Yeah. Uh, interesting. So I'd, I was, been an entrepreneur, uh, brand builder, um, you know, built things up from zero to acquisition. I was sort of, uh, you know, at the tail end of my burnout period from my last business that I had sold and really looking around for, you know, my next venture. And throughout that time, you know, I, towards the tail end of my, uh, my last venture, we were going through a trade war. We were sourcing from China overseas. I, it was the, one of the most stressful periods of, of inventory management I think I've been through as an entrepreneur. And, uh, and, you know, as I started to go through that period, I was looking for things to help me uh, separate work and life. You know, as an entrepreneur, you're constantly, your brain is constantly going, you're active, you are, it's, there's no off switch, right? There's no off no. Sometimes it, uh, sometimes it, you know, infiltrates things and parts of your life that you'd wish it didn't. Um, and other times it clouds a little bit of perspective. So I was looking for alternate uh, ways to, to really quiet the mind or enlighten myself, you know, um, you know, cognitively and um, found my way to Joe and Chris through our friend. And I had known nothing about mushrooms. And frankly, I was like, you know, I, I didn't even know what they were called. I didn't know what lion's mane was. I didn't know what cordyceps were. Um, and when I met, uh, you know, I first met Joe, Joe's in Australia. So we had to do these crazy off hours, uh, you know, calls, but um, you know, they had been working, you know, with consumer products uh, for a little bit. They had a, uh, a line of creamers and nootropic creamers. And, um, and they had really talked to me about psychedelic mushrooms at the time. Again, very, uh, you know, really no knowledge base. I had had a baggie in, in high school that I tried with a buddy in his upstairs bedroom with, uh, you know, his parents downstairs. That's it. Right. I never even, uh, you know, felt a full trip out of that. So I, that's the extent of my knowledge. And, uh, you know, and I tried a microdose and I tried functional mushrooms. And at that point, it totally transformed my life. And I was scared. I got to be honest. I was very apprehensive to try psychedelics, even in a small dose. Most and, people are. Yeah. you know, Chris and Joe talked me through it and they, they really explained what the benefits were. And that fear I loved post uh, me trying it. I love the fact that I had that fear and that, you know, apprehension to try, you know, something seemingly uh, so small and, you know, so beneficial. I realized that there was, you know, a really big opportunity here and leveraging the work and research Chris and Joe had, uh, had put into it and the transformative, uh, you know, moment that, you know, mushrooms entered my life, 
I was like, we are so early to this game and we are, you know, we have something that truly will benefit society in a proactive approach. Let's build something. Um, and this was back in, you know, 2001, really, really 2000 um, is when we first came together. But um, oh, really, oh, really? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, but, but launched the company in 2001. And fortunately, 2001 was a better uh, financial uh, tw 21. Uh, fortunately, uh, oh, oh, okay, okay. Yes, 21, not. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was, was going to say, damn, I don't remember seeing that. All. I missed that. No. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, 2021 was uh, a better year uh, for a lot of companies starting out, even though it was COVID and we'd never met. So we were fortunate to have some capital behind us and we we launched first person, first person and, and grew it from there. So Chris and Joe, you guys already had a, a company started. Were you already post revenue down the path with products and revenue before, or, or, or I'm trying to figure out the timeline there. We we made a couple runs at some different stuff around brain health, and we were working on a product that we had developed. That's a really interesting um, product, and we had just launched it right at the beginning of COVID. Literally launching it January. Um, gained a little bit of traction and then the world shut down. So that got put on pause, um, which a, a enabled us to even have the bandwidth to start this conversation around psychedelics and functional mushrooms and brain health and how they all interact, which led to the first person brand and company being created. Okay. And you guys, uh, from an entrepreneurial uh, perspective and paying the bills perspective, you'd both, you'd had careers and other jobs that you were, supported you while you were doing this in the background or on the side is that fair to say or, or yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you're when you're an entrepreneur at heart and you're building businesses there there's lots of different uh, uh avenues that you do to to keep uh, uh revenue flowing in so that you can do the things i mean we we mm -hmm. worked on this for you know a solid year before the company was actually formed and that's that's a, a solid amount of work. And, you know, there's a little bit of a, a gamble involved in investing that much time, but it's something that we all believed in so, so much and really had faith that it needed to happen that you, you commit that time. And, uh, and, you know, we're still doing it now. We work uh, ungodly amount of hours to make it happen. And, uh, you know, but that is what we uh, love to do. Are you paying yourselves yet? Are you, are you taking a salary yet? A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. We are. <laughs> Probably We're not, not at much market rate, Steve, but we pay ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was. Thank you. You took the words right out of my mouth, Corey. Everybody asked me and Scott, my partner, and I, they're like, well, you guys are paying yourselves. Like, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, about half what I could make on the open market. But yeah, we're paying ourselves something, you know, enough yeah. to keep my wife off my back, at least. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's part of it, right? That's part of the sacrifice, right? If you, if you really have the passion around it, you really believe you have to be willing to to do that. You have to be willing to make that sacrifice. And, you know, whether you have a side job or whether you had some savings or, or whatever, I mean, you, you gotta, you gotta be willing to do those things. So I, I highly respect it because I've lived it myself. <laughs> so I highly respect it. Okay. So then Corey gets involved. Uh, then, then you probably get some, you eventually raise some other cash or some investors to kind of get you further down the path a little bit, I'm guessing. Right. Does that sound right? We did. We actually raised three rounds of capital. Uh, okay, very so good. And, and Corey, sort of that back was your back to back. That's your background, right? While 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 Chris and Joe are developing product, you're raising cash. Yeah, <laughs> and that, you know what? That's what made this partnership so so wonderful. That we each come together with uh, the skill set that complements each other so well. 
Um, you know, Chris and Joe are, uh, in my universe, they're geniuses uh, at what they do. And, and certainly uh, they would call themselves citizen scientists. But, you know, they have, you know, really incredible insight into, you know, the future of what brain health should look like. And, um, and yeah, and so it was early on, and I guess still always is, uh, my job to, to help, you know, raise the capital to, uh, for us to realize the full potential of what our vision is. You know, investment bankers, they don't always have a great reputation for being super friendly. When you guys first met Corey, were you thinking, oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> yes, you brought, up, no. you brought up a blip in my past, Steve. That was, uh, <laughs> that was just a, <laughs> Corey, that was a long time ago. Sorry. Sorry. He's good at it. <laughs> I, I, studied, I studied all the profiles. Um, well, okay. I also, I, we also didn't know him pre-mushrooms, so really very well. And so there was, I think, a more highly tuned uh or, or start wound Corey maybe prior uh, or right. that may would have been a little, a little bit more explosive uh from from maybe what i understand <laughs> yes, Corey, Corey, yeah Corey, i don't doubt for a minute you're type a driven guy i mean i, I you know the first like 15 seconds i think i pegged that right so the mushrooms have uh relaxed you a little bit obviously you kind of mentioned that it's it's, it's changed you it's yes changed me and i think that's uh the interesting thing a lot of people are afraid of mushrooms because they're afraid of what it might change you into you know i think a lot of the but you know people drink every day and that changes you um but no mushrooms i think for me it it gave me that balance that i probably was always seeking just never knew uh and so it's uh yeah it's it's been great and i i am a different person a lot of people have said that uh you know for the better they don't preempt it with, man, you were terrible before, but, <laughs> throw you but under the bus maybe first. they're thinking it. <laughs> I mean, were you a cannabis guy though? Did you smoke? Uh, you no, know? I, you know, every time I would smoke or take a, an edible or a gummy or whatever, first of all, whenever I did cannabis, there were no gummies or edibles. It was, you know, again, right. uh, this yeah. ball of stuff that had a lot of seeds in it. Um, <laughs> no, it would, it would just, I'd be antisocial. I'd be in the couch and, you know, I, I'm a social person. I'm a yapper and I would just, clam up and want to go in the corner and be by myself. And that wasn't me. And so I, I hated it. So you hated it. Gotcha. Now, Chris and Joe, I'm guessing you guys were cannabis guys in high school and college and, and still are. I don't are you? I don't know. I'm the same way as Corey. It never, it never resonated with me. Uh, okay. Okay. And so it just wasn't something that was good for me personally. I, um, and so I never did it. And really? In college? You never smoked in college, Chris? No, I'm not saying I never did. I'm saying oh, okay. you did. <laughs> It really didn't. It wasn't. You didn't inhale personally, so <laughs> I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't. It's not something that. Um, it, it's just not good for me. So I just, I just tend not to do it. Okay. Well, I just want you to know when I looked at your LinkedIn profile picture and I saw that cool hat, I was like, okay, this guy smokes every day. He has. Oh to. yeah, he looks like a burner. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yes, to cannabis for me. I I didn't start smoking in high school. I was had aiming for trying to get into like military academy. So I was avoiding that kind of thing when I was in high school. And then as I decided to go to a state school, um, I, uh, I then, you know, I was like, all right, all the chains are off. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and I lived in Colorado. I was a bit, um, ski bum lived up in Breckenridge, um, um, after college before I went traveling internationally. And of course, when you're living in Breckenridge as a ski bum, that's kind of what you do. Yeah. It's pretty, yeah, pretty much. And, Okay, and did anybody have any substance abuse problems that, that that caused you to go in this direction? Like, was anybody having a problem with alcohol? Any other major stuff that, like, okay, I, this helped me or this guided me? I guess the question ties into your dad. Like, was there anything else? Yeah, I had 
you know, um, from living in Colorado um, in 96, I was backcountry snowboarding on St. Mary's Glacier. It's kind of not there anymore. Um, early season, like September dump. We went up there and we had a kicker already built. And so we went up there and hiked up to the glacier. We we're hitting this jump and this snowstorm, but it's no like three feet in September. So we were having fun and then kind of got nasty. And we were snoring down at the end of the day. And I, <clears throat> there was a bunch of rocks buried in the snow I didn't see. And I was warp speeding in the powder mm. and caught an edge and hit right there. Mm. Fractured my skull mm. in three places, broke mm. my vertebrae on my neck, massive head injury. I should have died. Um, wow. yeah, I was very lucky. My friend saved me for sure. Um, so massive TBI, um, you know, I was, I was in the hospital for a long time, but bad concussion. I was paralyzed for about 24 hours. Cool. So, so I was looking for a solve for how to repair that damage. And, you know, and I played high school football. Chris also played high school football. Chris was knocked out playing high school football. <laughs> like, so, you know, those are concussions and you started to add that up. I had a car accident when I was in high school as well. So you started going, this is probably CTE really, you know, I'm on, I'm and then when you add CTE risk, on top of my genetic risk for Alzheimer's dementia, it's like, oh my goodness, if I don't do lifestyle and behavioral changes, I will definitely get Alzheimer's. It's not like if, it's when. And so it was like, I had to do everything I could do to get off that train tracks of that disaster, which we just witnessed with our own father. Mm. Tell me about, uh, yeah, your dad, give me the, I, I don't know how much you're comfortable sharing, but um, everything. it's, it's, yeah. uh, it's a topic that I think about as I get older, I think we all do as we get older, right? I'm, I'm 55 this year and my mom's 80. And, uh, you know, every time I talk to her, my brother calls me and he's like, oh, she's forgetting more and more stuff. And I'm, I know, I know. And so, I, you know, it's a, it's a constant topic at this stage in my life, just in general with people. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it scares the shit out of me, quite honestly. Uh, you know, every, every time I forget something now, I, I freak out, right? Like, oh, shit, you know. Yeah. Um. When did you tell me the story? Was it, was it, how old was he? When did, how did you notice it? Give me the story if you don't mind of your dad. Yeah. I mean, it really started with our grandfather. So in the, in the early late eighties, early nineties, our grandfather went through Alzheimer's uh -huh. dementia as well. It also took his life. Um, and he was an entrepreneur, had several patents, and, you know, I, we really looked up to him as kids, as this uh, really kind of hip businessman for back in the day, and uh, kind of tragedy to see him go go down that path. And then once dad started going down it, um, that's when it really got eye-opening, like, okay, this there's a genetic component, we are next in line, um, and then um when dad moved closer to me um mom and dad moved closer to me just so i could help out a little bit because he was getting pretty difficult um for mom to take care of on his on her own mm -hmm. and when you see a day-to-day -day what's going on that's really that's when i picked up the phone and was really calling joe and saying hey brother we've got to do something different this we don't want to end up this way um it's a tragedy um and it's a tragedy not only for him it's a tragedy for the caregiver our kids didn't get to know their grandfather very well. You know, it's, there's, there's a lot of repercussions from it, but, and part of the reason we're here, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Mm -hmm. So we have the opportunity to not decline over time and actually get better. And, and so that when we're 70 or 80, like your mom is, she's, you're actually functioning better than what you are now at 55 or even what you were at 40 or 35. We just got to take the steps necessary. So brain health uh, is, uh, is uh, an everyday thing. It's a lifetime thing. It's a commitment. And you just got to really know the steps to take 
to put yourself in a good position as you age. Were you both there at the end for your father? I'm assuming you were. Um, Literally there at the very end. Does it, is it stages, right? Is there stage one, two, three, four? Is that accurate? Am I, am I, it no, was I like uh, all these like kind of drops and plateaus and then like steady decline and then a drop and then a plateau for a little bit. It was very kind of, it was, it was erratic. Like maybe it was like a real dramatic drop when he was what, 65. Yeah. And he couldn't start finding his way home and stuff. And it was, it followed along when he had prostate surgery and they put him on hormone, hormone replacement therapy and dropped his testosterone and caused some of the memory problems to really kick in really quickly, I think. But then he just went down from there. Um, we did adjust his, we got it, you know, we were early on to adjusting diet and trying to get him the right things for his, his health. We had a really good doctor who was advising on that stuff early before any of the books were out, um, which helped, I think, slow his progression because 13 years is actually a really long time to live with Alzheimer's. Um, I think it's like a seven or eight year from diagnosis to mortality average. So, um, but it was difficult at the end, you know, at the end is sure. uh, when I, I was um, over here during COVID and helping care for him. Um, and that's when we kind of experimented with the psychedelics with him because he was he'd been in an aged care facility, but then the COVID lockdown happened. And then we had a difficulty getting out of that aged care facility here in, in the Springs. And then we finally got him out and they had heavily drugged him to make him compliant because he was still a big guy and really strong. Um, and <laughs> he didn't want to get changed and have a shower. It wasn't happening. Uh, <laughs> um, really? Yeah. Those, those, yeah. I, I'm yeah um, and so they were giving him all kinds of antipsychotics. I think it was Xanax. So he had on benzos and antipsychotics. So he was just kind of zombied there when we got him out of that. And then we work him off of those. And then we started him, um, you know, we were giving him, you know, ketogenic stuff, MCT oil, and then um, functional mushrooms like lion's mane. And then um, once we had cleared the system out of those drugs, we uh, spoke with, you know, Chris and mom, and we tried um, psychedelic mushrooms with him. And it was, um, it was, yeah, it was profound. They, they, the the response that, that really, Mm. and that just solidified your, your, your mission even more, I'm guessing. Resolve. Yeah. It was like, we are doing, and then we were microdosing to our own benefit. And it was like, oh my gosh. And in the anecdotal evidence from friends and family telling us that people like Corey going, oh my gosh, this is great. I love this, you know? And, and that was kind of the impetus for, for, for moving forward. I appreciate you sharing me your dad sharing your dad's story. I know that that's super painful. Corey, have you had family members uh, affected yourself? Uh, not uh, well. Uh, probably Alzheimer's at some point. Uh, I'm not tremendously aware of it. Uh, it didn't affect me like uh, Chris and Joe, but my mother passed away from MS uh, about 13 years ago, and you know that's a it's a horrible disease, you know, in the brain as well. And um, you know, I, I always think, you know, if there had been at that time, you know, psychedelic uh, mushrooms or even psychedelics in general available to her to try, uh, you know, proactively or, you know, could that help, you know, someone like that? I don't know. She was she was always, you know, towards the end of her life, she was always searching for alternative, you know, remedies because nothing worked. It was the only the only treatment for MS these days is pain meds. And it's it's horrible. Um, It's just uh, to see that cognitive decline. You know, and just the pain that, you know, anybody with MS goes through, you know, understanding that it's, you know, the sources in your brain is just really, really terrible. So, yeah, maybe before, there's a path there, too. Before we get into, I want to get the first person overview on the products. <clears throat> but before we get there, just I want to ask a couple of questions here. Why, 
why are people so scared? What are your thoughts on why people are scared to try even micro? Well, th well, there was, you know, a, a tremendous job done by the government um, through propaganda in the 1970s, giving false information, say it's going to you're going to lose your mind, you're going to fry your brains on these things, and it will permanently damage your brain and all the evidence and scientific literature coming out on the research shows it does exactly the opposite, particularly psilocybin and actually increases neurogenesis and dendrite outgrowth on your neurons, increasing neuroplasticity and connectivity in the brain. It does amazing things uh, neurologically. So um, to just why people are afraid is because they were lied to um, through propaganda. And were they and were they lied to, Chris, because the pharmaceutical companies uh, had their own drugs they were pushing and didn't want people to head towards psilocybin? Are we going to what are your thoughts? Is that too big of a conspiracy question? I don't know. <laughs> well, no, there's there's all sorts of, you know, you can look up the reason the, the reasons behind the war on drugs are 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 many, you know, from societal control to to you know profiteering potentially in the medical industry. But you know, I I don't know what the answer is to that. Um, yeah. But I do know, you know, that it's being revealed now in this new um, renaissance towards. Uh, uh, research in psychedelics and, and showing that, you know, some of those some of those substances that we've been using haven't been to great success. And so now there's a new way that that we're potentially going to get to legally try uh, in the future. Uh, I have not met one single person who has told me they've had a terrible negative reaction on mushrooms or psilocybin of any kind or microdosing. I haven't met one. I've met a lot of people that are scared to do it. Uh, in fact, I think part of it is how it was described to me. A friend of mine who's huge into it. I don't, you, you may know him. Do you, do you know Del Jolly uh, is working with Jake Plummer on their own thing? Um, Umbo, I think. Do you know those guys? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know. I, know I read about it. I don't know him. Yeah. They've oh, got okay. a farm there in Colorado. Um, I don't know where they're they're growing or manufacturing, but uh, when I talked to Dale last time, uh, they're they're moving along, and I don't know who else, who the other investors are uh, besides Jake. But um, anyway, Dale's a good buddy of mine, and uh, uh, you know we're he won't mind me telling him this on the podcast. Uh, you know, I'm in his backyard, and he's like, "I want you to come over because he's got a yurt. He's got a yurt in his backyard, which is really cool." He's like, "I want you to come over. We're going to do mushrooms. We're going to travel. I want you to travel with me." And I'm like, "Well, I'm like, well, okay. What does that mean? What, what do you mean travel? I don't know. You're scaring me. Where we travel? Where? Where are we going?" <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then he. You know, you got to have a, uh, what do you call it? Uh, like a, not a protector. What's the word I'm looking for? Like uh, a trip sitter. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. He used a different word. But because that's the way he described it to me, and I don't mind giving Dale a hard time because he's going to watch this interview. Uh, I, I, that worried me. I'm like, well, damn. Okay, I've done lots of cannabis. I've done lots of stuff. But I don't know if I ever had to have like a trip advisor when I do something. <laughs> so I don't know. Now you got me worried. But then microdosing that term became more and more and more uh common and now i hear people say hey look microdose is not you're not you're not laying on the ground seeing yeah. seeing space aliens you're just relaxed a little bit talk to me about microdosing yeah it's not only relaxed but it's focused it's you know uh you feel a, a greater connectivity like i like microdosing and surfing or um okay. or or meditating, you know, like after having a microdose before I get into my workflow and letting, trying to take the benefits of having that, that inner, and it's, there's a, a deeper insight that even a microdose gives you into your own 
sense of breath or whatever you're trying to do. I find it really beneficial to to do in, in, in that kind of practice or like I love, I love microdosing and going surfing. I think it's like, it gives me incredible paddle power. You just don't get tired. You can just keep going. <laughs> it's amazing. When the, when the commoner hears microdose, Chris, what do they think? Do they think tiny, small, like, okay, like a little piece of mushroom? What, what are they, what's going through their head when they hear microdose? Yeah, I think it's getting, like you said, it's, it's getting more and more known, right? That I think the biggest question that I get on microdosing still is, Am I going to feel or particularly see something? Right? Yeah, see something. See something. Yeah. Uh, am I going <laughs> to see anything with a microdose? And a microdose, by definition, would be subperceptual. So the answer would be no, and not particularly on C. Now, if you start to see something, you're more into a mini dose range. But a microdose, you still feel. You you have a, a feel, particularly if you're on a regimen of, of microdosing over time. You start. It increases your own self-awareness. It increases your your awareness of what's happening around you and just your perception of the world a little bit. So you definitely feel something, particularly over time. But a true microdose, you won't see. But most people are starting to understand that more. And, and even going back to what we were talking about, being scared, that's really breaking down, too. There's a lot okay. more. I think now there's more curiosity than there is fear. Okay. And what is the volume or the milligrams, or I don't know how you describe it. When you say microdose, what is there uh, an amount that qualifies? Kind of. I mean, it's it's rough because different mushrooms have different potency, but you can generally say that 200 grams or milligrams of, excuse me, of powdered psychedelic mushroom, psilocybin mushrooms are is a microdose. So it's a pretty small amount, 200 milligrams. Okay. A so, full psychedelic dose is typically about three grams to get visuals and to have a trip. So you're talking one fifth of a gram versus three entire grams. Okay. Good to know. That's good to know. So that is that, is that equivalent to my, my wife's a 10 milligram gummy uh, cannabis nightly person. She said, I call that a microdose. I always tell her, I'm like, you're microdosing. That's just enough. <laughs> to, is that, is that, I don't know. <laughs> 10 milligrams of THC knocked me on my butt before. So I don't know. I think it's different for everybody. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, okay. Very good. I appreciate you walking us through that. Uh, Corey, can you give us um, the first person overview elevator pitch yeah. as it stands today? Go for it. Absolutely. So uh, we are a cognitive performance company that's focused on optimizing brain function now and over time. And uh, for, you know, from our inception, we built three synergistic business pillars, uh, a consumer brand, which uh, you can find our consumer products at getfirstperson.com, okay. a mushroom ingredients business, uh, which we have an operation in the Pacific Northwest that grows and produces our proprietary functional mushroom ingredients, uh, and an R&D division where we uh, intend to continue to innovate and create that next generation uh, brain health and cognitive performance products. Okay, is first person the parent company name, and and what what I don't know how it's organized. <laughs> yes, first person is uh, the brand and the parent company. Um, okay, and so it's it's a little bit of both. Uh, but we on our ingredient side of the business, we do brand it as first grown uh, Lion's Mane. So we produce right now Lion's Mane up in Olympia, Washington, and uh, that Chris and Joe have worked on a proprietary means to. Uh, to extract and produce uh, what we consider is one of the uh, you know most potent and, and best quality lion's mane extracts on the market today. 
Okay. I got, this is going to sound like a really ignorant question. I apologize. So I, I'm going to embarrass myself here. When I first looked at your, your, your website, <clears throat> I'm like, I see these capsules with these little, little things okay. in them. I'm like, well, I thought it was, I thought it was mushrooms. How does that work? I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> is it are you is it manufactured into a capsule basically is that what we're doing right so it's not just mushrooms there's other nutraceutical and botanical ingredients in there that make the specific formulations those are then blended together and made into those cool looking little microbeads that look really nice there on the website okay yeah. and where are you and where are you uh, manufacturing Corey? we're just uh, in a couple of different places or we well, our mushroom ingredients are in uh, Pacific Northwest, um, and okay. that's that's what we handle in house. Everything else we source from around the world from the best uh, quality ingredient manufacturers out there. I see, but the finished product, the capsules are finished off where? Can you share that? Uh, it, yeah, well, they're at a professional. Uh, it's really using the uh, beadlet technology, and right now we do it overseas, but uh, it's actually okay. encapsulated and finished in uh, on the East Coast, my okay, home state, so New Jersey. New Jersey. Uh, oh, is that where you're from? Jersey? Okay. Jersey Shore. See, all Jersey right. Shore. All right. Are you a Springsteen fan? I mean, you have to be. I mean, you kind of have <laughs> yeah. to be from New Jersey, right? Okay. Uh, well, if you grew up in the 80s, you're younger than me, <gasps> me and though you're a lot younger than me, but okay. Uh, you know, know what? I, I I was born in 79, so I, you know, I, I touched the 70s. Okay. All right. You've seen Springsteen in concert? No, I haven't. All right. You got to do it before he, before he goes. <laughs> uh, uh, let me. Can you talk to me about the different products? I'm looking at them here. You want to walk us through? Maybe I don't know if you want to highlight a few or what do you give us? A, give us something on the products. Yeah, let's. Chris or Joe, why don't you? Uh... Yeah, we've got uh, we've got three products right now, um, and they are brain health products, and they are designed to touch different points of your day um, and for different purposes. They're a little different than what's out there. Is that we specifically targeted certain neurotransmitters for certain effects. So the Sunbeam product is a motivation and focus, which helps your body produce, naturally produce dopamine and, and optimize your dopamine levels. Okay. Uh, it's a great thing to take, you know, if you've got a lot of work to, to do, it's a great thing to take with a uh, microdose if you've got a lot of work to do. And that's kind of where we thought about it as a stack for people that microdose. Right now they estimate that there's 10 million plus people microdosing on a regular basis in the U.S. I think it's much more than that. It's growing so rapidly. Um, the Golden Hour product um, is a oxytocin uh, boosting uh, supplement that you would take um, to like really, you know, focus in on yourself to, to go into a meditation practice or a yoga practice or just to be present with the kids and or just to take the edge off. We had a pretty uh, rough call uh, earlier today that kind of got me worked up pretty much. And, uh, you know, I grabbed my uh, golden hour tin here and uh, just to kind of bring me back and center me back down into uh, a calm focus again. Right. How long, how fast does that take or how long it happens really in about, you know, about I would say for me, it's about 15, 20 minutes. I'm really feeling like, okay, they're, they're kicked in. Um, and then um, the last one, Moonlight, is for sleep, but it's from a brain health for sleep um, perspective. And, and in order to clean your brain out, you have to go into deep cycle sleep and stay there for a considerable amount of time. And that formulation is designed to put you into deep cycle sleep where you clean your brain out, you wake up refreshed, and you can go and go charging again the next day. And yeah. why would I microdose along with these pills? Why would you do that? 
Um, well, just like, just think about the combination. So as we are targeting neurotransmitters, um, we've, we've steered clear the best we could of the serotonin receptors and, and psychedelics uh, affect the serotonin receptors. And we didn't want to flood their serotonin receptors with other nootropics. We wanted to leave it open for those who microdose like ourselves. And then when you stack those things, like you stack dopamine and serotonin, um, when I do that, I get a lot of work done and I'm in a very good mood, right? Same way with the, the oxytocin. Oxytocin is the love hormone. You feel connected and then you and you um, complement that with a, a psilocybin microdose where you bring in your awareness on top of that. And then that love connection, you really, it's a really good evening kind of uh, balance that you can, you can step away from work and really step into uh, Instead of having a drink, too. Are you, so, saying, are you saying I need to do this, like, if I know it's date night with the wife, this is, I need to kind of plan that? Definitely <laughs> good for that. 100%. Especially stack the Sunbeam and the Golden Hour together. So take a serving oh. of both at the same time. I can highly recommend that. Really? Okay. Yeah, for is, sure. Is there any, the is cordyceps there any... mushrooms in there and the lion's mane, it's, it's all very similar. There's saffron. There's a bunch of other... Um, botanicals in addition to the mushroom extracts that really kind of do it do an amazing trick when all when all combined together. What if I have a bourbon and glass of wine at dinner on top with the does that do I, am I, am I messing it up? Am I messing it up or the bottom the bottom line, uh, Steve, when it comes to alcohol is you're gonna mute any effect from any other substance you're taking with alcohol because that's how it works. So Oh. Like the Moonlight product is intentionally, you know, we formulated to, to help GABA production. So when you do have a beverage, um, you are inhibiting your body's ability to produce GABA. And GABA is what gets you into deep cycle sleep. So you know how when you have a few drinks and you you go to sleep and you wake up and you're tired as? It's because yes. you never got into deep cycle That's sleep. That's every day. That's every day for me. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. So you need more GABA. So uh, and and maybe you have some some you know, some golden hour and, and, and skip the, uh, the evening bourbon, um, and give your brain a chance to do a deep cycle sleep and flush out your, the, you know, the, the biologic waste from, from metabolism throughout the day really only happens when you get into deep cycle sleep. They've studied this now and your glial cells swell and your blood brain barrier opens up and you pass out all this biologic waste. If you don't do that, and if you have a buildup, so this is part of our story is we think that may have been part of dad's story that he, inadvertently gave himself dementia by uh, his, he worked hard. He was an electrical engineer. He came home, he had a couple of rum and Cokes or a couple of bourbon and Cokes, only a couple, but it was a couple uh, yep. pretty much daily. And you just that, me. <laughs> and that cumulatively can cause a negative buildup of toxins in the brain, which then the beta amyloid analysis is, is the possibility that those proteins are actually your brain trying to protect itself from all the buildup of toxins. So um, it's really essential to get deep cycle sleep and to give your brain that break. So um, yeah, definitely nightly alcohol consumption could be a problem for long-term brain health. I know. I wish I hadn't said that on the podcast. My wife. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I hate breaking that news to people. Chris, um, is this, so this product is, does all the, it has all these benefits for you um focus sleep you know these things you, you've been talking about but it's also got the bigger picture of helping uh slow down alzheimer's stop alzheimer's uh, yeah we can't we can't say that right um, um okay. uh, alzheimer's is a disease and we're not making any disease claims what we okay. are what okay. we are saying is that cumulatively over time okay. nourishing your brains 
with these ingredients will help your brain perform okay. better over the lifetime of it. So proper getting getting the brain the proper nutrition is crucial for its long-term existence. And the more you take care of it now and consistently, the better chances are I mean, that, that sounds logical. things off, right? Yeah, that sounds logical uh, for sure. Okay, so you can't make any claims. There's no scientific studies. Not a, if there was, there's, and it solved it solved Alzheimer's, of, you guys you guys would be billionaires, and we wouldn't be on the call right that's now. That's right. There's plenty of studies, Steve, that show like compounds in lion lion's mane um, are really good for the brain. They increase BDNF, brain derived nootropic factor, which is a growth hormone secreted by the the brain by those same glial cells to encourage myelination of your neurons. And as we age, we get bad at myelination, myelination of the neurons. And that's where all the connectivity happens. MS is actually demyelination of your neurons. It's a neurologic condition where you stop producing the myelin sheath over time at all. And that's why um, MS takes you. Um, so um, BDNF is, is, is increasing that by taking something like a lion's mane extract is, has the huge potential of a preventative measure because you're you're constantly giving your, and normally BDNF is, happens when you do like high intensity interval training or sex is another time you get BDNF release in the brain. So those, unless you're out there swinging a kettlebell and going hard all the time, not everyone does that. Um, this is an easy way to get some BDNF into your, into your brain, right? That's, okay. That's uh, so you got the three SKUs. Can you order, can you ship across? I don't know what the, is there legal stuff involved? You can ship across the States or what, what I don't, what, what's, yeah. what's involved? Hopefully legal in the United States for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I can order it from anywhere, uh, and you can go to your website to get it. Can you? Is it on Amazon anywhere else? So what? How can it's you? So right it? now, it's only available at getfirstperson.com. Um, okay. You know, there's a lot of, as you have heard from Joe and Chris, you know, there's a lot of education that uh, has to do with uh, brain health. People are just starting to become aware of the need uh, for brain health. So, what we've created, what what Joe and Chris have, you know, done research on and, and gone through is um, you know, we want to give the customer the best experience possible, and we want to make sure that we cater to them. So the only place to purchase right now is at getfirstperson.com, um, because otherwise you're just uh, you're potentially competing uh, on a price level with products that are not even close to offering what we can offer. Um, so it's sort of an apples and oranges basis. Okay, is there a lot? There's lots of competition in this market, or or not? I I don't know. Are you are you up against it with competition? Race time. There's competition, but there's like a sorry. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of nootropic companies, a lot, a lot, and there's a lot of kitchen sink approaches where it's just like a dusting of a bunch of ingredients, or they have a bunch of ingredients and you have to take a dozen pills every day to to follow the protocol. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's like a job doing that. And so we try to make e very efficacious doses um, in a two pill format. So it's it's not like a chore, and the pills are actually fun to take. Our our product ecosystem is. It's fun to play with. They, you know, these little tins stick together. They can stick on your fridge, um, all that kind of That's stuff. So yeah, yeah. So you don't forget to take them. Uh, they, you know, if you put them in your hand, like in your bag, carry-on bag, they're not all over the place like a bunch of pill bottles. They kind of stick together. It's kind of nice. So um, the guys did a great job designing all that. We did that, all that design stuff, and and created the the brand ecosystem. That was all Corey and and Adam Schoenberg's job. And they did an amazing job creating these these products. So the, the, the look and feel of these things. Corey, the reason I ask about the competition is because um, I've had a shit ton of cannabis and CBD guys on the on the on the podcast, right? And uh, you know, I had all these CBD guys on. You know, they're all starting a CBD company. You know, everybody's starting their CBD company. Right? And you know, I have it you know, every time I have one on. I'm like, okay, man. And then they're like, well, my CBD is uh, the best because of this. 
All right. Okay. Uh, and now I, you know, you go to Walgreens and you get whatever you want on CBD and I see all these little CBD companies starting to fade. Um, does that, is that, how do you protect yourself from that happening? Is that a yeah, I mean, right now that's, yeah. And that's, that's part of our three pillar strategy. You know, it really coming up with uh, the formulations that are truly effective. That's, you know, step one with the brand ecosystem. That's, you know, it, it's, it's a full 360 approach um, on the brand and consumer engagement side and a product that actually delivers and works um, and is targeting something very specific in nature rather than, you know, a kitchen sink approach, but really to give ourselves um, a true mode and really um, provide something that isn't available out there is why our ingredients business, um, you know, comes into play. And that's producing something that is truly more effective and more potent um, than what we can get out there uh, in the open market, you know, sourcing this ingredient somewhere else, whether it's domestically or overseas. And so our, you know, the true competitive advantage for us is through our first grown lion's mane ingredient and, you know, soon to be cordyceps and reishi as well. Um, but that is something that we will put into our product that gives us a true difference where, you know, unless we provide it to you, you cannot get that um, anywhere else in the world. Okay. Why the name first person? Chris, I love, I always love your answer on this. Oh, good. Yeah. It's, 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 it's multifaceted, um, you know, so um, the saying that you can't fill from an empty cup, right? So us uh, as parents and, and uh, spouses, and we're, we're out there working and a lot of times we're taking care of everybody but ourselves um, but you really need to take care of yourself first so that you're there for your family. Just like our father, he was busy working his butt off, providing for all of us, taking the edge off with a couple of drinks here and there, just thinking he's living you know, his best life. And he inadvertently sent himself down a path where then we're taking care of him, right? None mm-hmm. of us want that. We don't want to be in on a path where we're being taken care of in the future. We're the caretakers ourselves. Take care of yourself. Take care of your brain first. And then the second component of that kind of ties into the psychedelic industry a little bit. If you've ever heard of stoned ape theory from Terrence McKenna, that there was a, there was a time in our human evolution where our um, over the course of a million years, our brain grew way faster than it ever has uh, before then or since. And they believe that part of that was um, that they uh, they were eating psychedelic mushrooms and they're growing their brain cells. And actually that created uh, language and created arts and created community from this increased brain capacity through eating psychedelic mushrooms and really created the first person is tied to mushrooms. You know, I've listened to enough Joe Rogan podcast. I mean, he, he thinks if people would just get on mushrooms, we'd all just be nicer to each other. Everybody just get along. <laughs> it's true. It is true. Uh, have you guys... Uh tested for don't can't you take a test for alzheimer's or, or whatever can't you like see if you got the gene yeah, or i don't know how there's a genetic allele that that we uh, both have uh that makes us uh gives us a slight increase and, and then you stack that on top of the brain injuries we've both uh received you know we take it very seriously um brain health and, and what we how we treat our bodies and what we put in there to take care of our brain mm. You guys, it's, it's funny you mentioned high school football. If you grew up in Oklahoma, I mean, you almost kind of have to play high school football, don't you? I mean, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little shame involved if you didn't. 
Sure. Yeah, kind of, right? Yeah, you had yeah, to be a bit. really good basketball player or a baseball player to get away with it. You'd be like, sorry, I'm too good at this. <laughs> I'm not doing both. Are, are your kids grown? You guys got kids? How old are they? Or do you have them? Yeah, Everybody? I've got a senior in college at the University of Oklahoma. And I've got uh, one that graduated last year. And I got a senior girl in college, in high school right now. All right. Joe? Yeah, I have a 16-year-old. Um is visiting Chris right now um, <laughs> from Colorado. Uh, she's raised her in Australia, and I have a 13-year-old daughter as well. Corey? Two girls, uh, five and a half and uh, two and a half. I've, so okay. really interesting age. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah it's, it's, it's busy at your house, buddy. It's busy. Uh, I, uh, I, I, like Chris, reach for that, gold, that uh, golden hour pretty early in the day. <laughs> Do they think it's cool? I mean, do they tell their kids, do they tell their, their buddies, like, hey, listen, my dad is in mushrooms. Like, he is the <laughs> coolest. Whatever your dad does, it's not nearly as cool as what my dad does. How do they feel about it, I guess, is a serious question. Uh, I think the, my son in college thinks it's pretty cool, and his buddies think it's pretty cool. When <laughs> people ask my daughter, she just tells them that I'm in the mafia. Uh, <laughs> he didn't go deep. She said he's in the mafia, and that's also <laughs> Joe, yours? They think it's cool. They think it's cool. Yeah, they they love it. They they are all in. I've died. The, I had the privilege of taking my my daughters, both of them, up to the farm this summer, and they got to experience that and and chip in and help that's make cool. bags and pick mushrooms and and do the whole thing. Get in the lab and put some candy in the freeze dryer, which they thought was pretty cool. They TikTok to that stuff, and you know, they they thought it was awesome. They think it's pretty cool. One of our advisory board members at Riderflex, uh, he uh, was in cannabis, and they just he just cashed out. Matter of fact, and made a ton of money. But uh, uh, he was always telling me he's a single guy, and uh, he's in his late fifties. He's like, man, he's like, I, I tell these girls when I go out to the bar that I'm in cannabis, and I can just get laid every single night if I want to. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you guys have been fun. Hey, congratulations uh, on everything you. Uh, you, you, you're doing. I, I'm, uh, you know, I'll probably have a follow up uh, offline with somebody because I want to order some. I want to try some. I need to, I need to relax. I'm kind of like Corey. I'm pretty, I'm pretty. Uh, what's the word, Corey? Are we high strong? I don't know how. how do you tightly it? wound. Tightly wound, wound is what tightly I use. Tightly wound. There are yeah, other and, names I've been called, uh, but Tightly Wound <laughs> is more appropriate. If you if you told my wife that I could do some some of the these and and back off the bourbon a little bit, she'd be happy. So she'll be a fan. Uh, so we'll follow up offline. You guys have been Definitely great. Can. Thank you for sharing your story on the Rider Flex podcast. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for having us.